Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Today, I'm excited because I have with me Lisa Rios. Lisa is the Assistant Dean of MBA Admissions at the NYU Stern School of Business. I'm a quick bio of Lisa's background. Uh, Lisa has been a member of the admissions team at NYU Stern since 2008, and she currently leads admissions for the full-time MBA program. And over the course of her time, she's evaluated nearly 50,000 full-time MBA applications and seen nearly 5,000 new full-time students start their MBA journey during her time at Stern. She's also coordinated the admissions team's systems and operations, customer service, event planning, recruiting, and marketing. And according to Lisa, the best part of her role is that it doesn't feel like a job. She loves what she does. I always love meeting people who feel that way. I could go on and on, but I'd rather just have Lisa introduce herself and talk a little bit about what she's seeing at NYU Stern. They recently just released some of their uh, admissions highlights from the past year, and they're gearing up for another round of applications soon. And I'd love to get Lisa's kind of perspective on that. But before we talk about business, I'd love to get to know Lisa a little bit better. So Lisa, first and foremost... Thanks so much for joining me today. I always love starting with a warm-up question. And my warm-up question to you, because I do think you are a bookworm, is what's a book that you've read that has had an impact on your life? Oh, way to just throw one out there. Well, I'm sorry. I'm coming with the hard hitters. (laughs) Um, First of all, thanks for having me, Al. It's it's a pleasure to be here and, and to get to hang out and chat with you about things that I love most. Gosh, to pick some books that have had an impact on me. I'll do one fun and one more serious. So the more serious is is an autobiography about Fidel Castro that I read during grad school at NYU Steinhardt. Gosh, over a decade ago now. My family, my paternal family comes from Cuba, and I've always felt really strong ties to that family and that culture. And so as part of a leadership course at Steinhardt, I opted to read this autobiography and maybe dictate it by Fidel Castro and, and written by a co-author. And it just brought me into a life that my grandparents had lived through, that my father had lived through, and just gave me a very different perspective than the kind of anecdotes that I had heard from my family. And now that I've lived another 10 plus years of my own life and, and being a, a parent, I actually want to go back and read it again and see what my reactions would be and and if they would be different at this time and in this world that we're living in. My fun book is the entire Harry Potter series. I've read it a number of times, but most recently alongside my 11-year-old nephew and getting to talk about it with him and hear some of his wild theories about Harry Potter and possible crossovers into the Marvel realm. Um, wow. <laughs> entertaining to say the least. That's amazing. I am already seeing the dollar signs in my head just thinking about what that could morph <laughs> into just given the pulls of both of those brands. I'm, I'm curious what of the Harry, what books in the series, do you have a favorite one or is out of all of them, which one most resonates? Four and five are my two favorites. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, Do you read them as well? I have read them and I'm always curious. I like four, I like three and three and four, I think were probably my, the, the two that stuck out to me, but it, they are a timeless classic. So I'm glad that your child is, is interested in them and, and picking them up because they were, I remember growing up and I remember waiting in line at midnight at Barnes and Nobles waiting for, I think it was either the third or the fourth one to release. And Back in the that that was a very much a memory I remember from childhood, and then spending the next like week or so, maybe less than a week, just trying to read through it. Very fun. You're bringing me back down memory lane. I guess is the <laughs> best way to, to describe it. Awesome. Great. Yeah, he kept trying to race me, and I was like, I read these in pretty much less than 24 hours when they came out. That's really funny. We could talk about books forever, but I want to talk a little about you before we go into some of the highlights from this year, but. I introduced you a little bit, but tell us a little bit about your background and specifically your role now at NYU Stern. Yeah, so I pivoted again a little over a decade ago from corporate into higher ed, and I started out as a as an intern working with MBA admissions. And I joke around that I loved it so much that they can't get rid of me now. It was just such an incredible fit. I got to blend a lot of the skills. I would say hard skills that I had built, actually soft skills too, that I had built during my previous roles, whether it's my my fluidity in Excel from my time in, in corporate finance or my soft skills in navigating difficult conversations that I learned through my experience in sales in the mortgage department in 2008. But I, I was able to translate a lot of those hard skills over to Stern. But what is absolutely different for me and which is one of the reasons that I am still here today is the community and the people. It is such an incredible place for me to work then for the students to to grow and learn. And I just feel honored that I get to be a part of it all. I constantly feel like I should be doing more with my life, frankly, Al, because our students are so accomplished and and just so inspiring to me. Yeah, and thank you for sharing that. But I love in your intro and I was reading your bio, just the sheer amount of people you've been able to welcome into the NYU Stern community over the years, just given your role being at admissions and all of the talent and, and ideas and creativity from those individuals who now are a part of the, the Stern community. And I'm projecting here, but I can imagine that is a pretty meaningful opportunity for you to be able to have somewhat of a role in, in helping shape that community. It really sounds like that piece of it may resonate with you. Absolutely. You know, I think everyone probably has their own story about mm -hmm. you know the person they remember, but I can recall one student that I followed from his prospective student events, trying to get to know which programs to apply to, all the way to watching him graduate and crossing the stage. And that's a pretty incredible feeling. Absolutely. Knowing that and knowing the journey of applicants, let's talk about the application report, or I guess maybe your summary of just the incoming class for this past year, so the the starting class of the MBA, full-time MBA class of 2023. And so maybe talk to me just a little bit of what you you know saw or what some of the highlights from this class that we should know about or we should be excited about from NYU Stern. Yeah, so we released some information about our incoming class around the same time that we launched our application for the next cycle. So you were talking about kind of the the end of one cycle and the opening of another and it aligns for us. So one of the things about the class that started that we're incredibly proud of is that we reached some record breaking quality averages for this class. For example, our GMAT average is a 729 this year for the class that started this fall. The one thing I will say to that, because I know that 
that's a high number, is that it's an average. It doesn't mean that's our minimum in order to apply or be considered for admission. So I just wanted to put that out there for candidates. Another great thing that we're proud of in this class is that the class size is larger this year. And that is significant, I would say, in that we're coming off of a year of COVID. And so I think everyone around the world is was unsure of where things were going and, and how we would land. So we're very pleased to have been able to bring in a larger class this year and a class that has a great amount of diversity. We have a good number of international students who have joined us this year who are still eager to be in person um, despite everything, again, going on with COVID. And then also a wonderful group of women who have joined the class, as well as students who identify as people of color. And we're excited to see where this class goes. They have a great makeup. They come from all different professional and, and undergraduate backgrounds as well, which we think adds to the interesting conversations that they get to have in the classroom. That's great. And thank you for sharing a little bit more context. One of the things that jumped out for me, just from reading the report, I think it was probably the top headline is applications were up for the full-time program at Stern by about 8% or so. If you were to guess, what do you think is driving that? Or what do you think are some of the things that that really drove that increase? I have to say that I would say it's the interest in Stern, the interest in the brand, and the fact that we've seen more and more folks wanting to be a part of our community and what Stern is able to do, as well as getting to leverage all that Stern has to offer in New York City. You know, the fact that we not only are located there, but we bring it into the classroom and make it part of the experience. We leverage all that is going on in New York City to help our st students get that practical experience that I think is really critical to learning. I think that makes a lot of sense. And as someone who grew up in upstate New York, um, even though I never lived in New York City, I've spent a lot of time there, uh, certainly over the years. And I think that at various points of the, the past 18 months or so, New York City was either the place you didn't want to be or absolutely the place that you did want to be. But I think more than anything, at least in my book, it still is probably one of the most unique places you can be, at least definitely in the United States. I'd probably argue the world. But I think from that perspective, from what I could see as being an MBA applicant, if you're thinking about a place to, to learn and grow and potentially even launch a career, I still can't think of a potentially better place than, than New York City and, and what it has to offer. So I can, certainly see, I can certainly see a lot of that. Maybe just to follow up with that, as I mentioned, and New York, we've all, all been through a lot over the past 18 months. Certainly, New York City has certainly been through a lot over the past 18 months or so. I would be curious to know, as you think about this year and you think about just the MBA full-time experience in terms of being in person, being hybrid, the different types of safety protocols, I would be interested in knowing what are the types of things that students are going to be able to experience this year that are going to be able to bring that community that you talked about at NYU Stern really to life so they can either experience Stern or experience all of New York, but just within the context, obviously, of it's uh, definitely a, an evolving time, and there's you know certainly still challenges out there with COVID-19. Well, I think I would start by saying, rewinding back to the start of all this, and share that you know we like much of of the world, but we pivoted very quickly to being virtual, and it wasn't just about delivering classes online; it was about keeping that sense of community going. And the community never waned. It, it included everything from creating their own cooking classes online to engage one another, to 
reaching out to administrators like myself to see if they needed help with childcare because they were trying to make sure that everyone in the community had the support that they needed. And that continued throughout the entire pandemic. Western was very diligent and and I would say lucky to be able to open last fall in 2020. Students who wanted classes in person were able to get at least a couple in person, so they still have that experience available to them. And this fall, we're, we're all back. And I'm hopeful that we're getting back to a place of normal, but it's exciting to feel that energy and be back on campus and see the students. I've been back a couple of times myself to engage with the students in various sessions, whether it was part of orientation or as part of the leadership accelerator, which is one of the kind of volunteer things that I do. It's really exciting to see everybody in the same place again and to see their enthusiasm, not only for Sturm, but also for one another. Certainly. And speaking of that NYU Stern community, I'd love to maybe hear a little bit more just about some of the folks that you welcomed into the community this year and the, maybe the class of 2023. As you know, you mentioned in the beginning, you get the privilege to meet a lot of different folks in their journeys. But you know, maybe talk to me a little bit about you know, some of the types of folks that you have that really make up this new class. What are some backgrounds or maybe a couple of folks that maybe resonate with you or whose backgrounds were really interesting? Would love to just know more about what does this class look like? Yeah, well, I think to start, I would say I would go back to our, our starting point and folks that are looking at CERN as a place to get their MBA may already be aware of this, but we have a strong emphasis on IQ plus EQ at CERN. Not only are our students intelligent in the academic sense, but they also have emotional intelligence. They have these really strong interpersonal skills. They're empathetic. They are good communicators. They know when to step up and when to step back. And this is something that we look for in the application process. And then it's something that we continue to foster once they're here at Stern. Some of the tidbits that I'll share, well, you'll see both sides of, of this spectrum of our students. So we've had students that have started nonprofit organizations. One was uh, called Project Feed Me featured in media publications. Others who have participated or volunteered as giving vaccinations regarding COVID, others that have won design awards as product designers, others who have created apps. We have athletes in the group who are D1 football players, competitive gymnasts, folks who are black belt in Taekwondo. We also have musicians. We have a professional violinist, a cello player, and some other types of media, such as yourself, started a podcast. So just a wide variety of interests in the class, which is what makes it fun. Everyone's coming to this MBA with a different perspective. That's great. Thank you for sharing a little bit about the background. And certainly thinking back to my own MBA experience, one of my personal favorite pieces of it was being able to learn about the different people and hearing about you know their experiences and stories and strengths that they brought to the classroom, to the discussions, to the things we got to work on and all of those things. And you certainly listed a pretty good, diverse mix of different personalities and different skills and different backgrounds. And I can see that certainly adding a lot of value to the experience and in the community for that matter. You know, one thing I did wanted to, I wanted to ask you about is, as you think about all these diverse people who are coming into the program, one of the things that we've heard by now, I'm sure you've heard about it just from a career perspective is the great resignation or the great reshuffle, if you will. And just this whole mindset of people from all backgrounds, like I'm sure many of the ones you listed, really rethinking and reevaluating their opportunities and most directly sometimes that relating to should I take a new job or, or should I find a new you know career or should I pivot? And I think 
at the latest count, anywhere between, depending on whose survey data you want to look at, there's <laughs> probably about 40 to 50% of people at least suggesting they're interested in looking for a new creator, create a career opportunity. I've talked a lot about with this with folks on the employer side, but I haven't really had the chance to talk much about this with folks on the higher education side and specifically maybe just MBA programs. And so I'm just curious maybe what your thoughts are on this or maybe what you heard from talking to applicants just about as they thought about their own career goal, the role an MBA could play in this, or just how, or I guess broadly speaking, how does the MBA education really fit within the context of the great resignation and just how people are thinking about their careers? The MBA, the full-time MBA has, I wouldn't say always because I haven't been here since the start of the full-time MBA, but it has been a program that is often seeing a lot of folks who are looking to make a career pivot. So this is really not new territory for us in terms of helping folks make a transition. In fact, our careers team helps students build that skill set so that they can not only make the pivot for their job post MBA, but also so that they have those skills that they can tap into and, and use when they want to make the next move, whether it's switching functions or going for promotion or looking for a new company. And so, frankly, I think the MBA is a great place for folks to come if they are looking to make that kind of pivot because it gives them the space to experiment. They can explore. We always joke that the MBA is not a place to figure it out, but to get things done. And by that, I mean, like, have some sense of what you want to do when you come to school because things hit the ground running. I don't know if you remember, Al, but, you know, those recruiters are knocking on our door pretty much the first month after students are here. And so they don't have too much time to explore, meaning have some sense of what you want to do. But it's a great place to try those things out. Take the summer internship and do a test run. If consulting is what you thought it would be or investment banking or marketing or whatever it might be. And then if not, you have the second year to pivot yet again. And so I could see it being a place where, where folks lean into it to make that transition. Yeah, no, I agree. And I certainly do remember how fast things start. But I also, with the benefit of hindsight, now having gotten my MBA and also having made career transitions since going to business school, certainly as I made those transitions, often relied upon things I learned in my you know time in business school to actually help me make that. So being on the other side of it, it makes a ton of sense to me. And with the benefit of hindsight, obviously, I can see how Taking making an investment in my education earlier in my career certainly paid off. Maybe as a follow-up to that, you know, I think particularly for prospective applicants who are considering an MBA, who very much understand, you know, it's an investment in terms of their resources as well as their time. But how do you help them or how do you coach them or how do you give advice to them to help them think about both what you just said in terms of that short-term, you know, goal, whatever they want to hit, whether it is transitioning in an entirely a new field or function, while also acknowledging that for many of these folks, if I you know remember correctly, the average incoming age is somewhere between you know, 20, 25 to, to 32. So there's a pretty good likelihood they're going to probably be working for a heck of a long after they graduate. And so how do you help them or how do you encourage them to think about what you just talked about in terms of acknowledging that, yeah, like you, you probably have a short-term thing that you want to get to, while also acknowledging that this first job out of business school may not be the last one that you take, and it may not be the last career that you take. Some people are very cognizant of that coming in. They sure. they have a very detailed map of what their career path is going to look like and what the first step will be, and then from there, where they're going to pivot 
beyond that. And then there's others who aren't quite as sure. And so they work pretty closely with our careers team to understand that. You know, we try to give some sense of what is a typical post-MBA position and how feasible it may be, what may require a little bit more, a little bit more, I would say, work on a candidate's part. There are some many companies that are set up so that they're looking to hire large classes of MBA grads every year. And then there's other companies, startups, nonprofits, other industries like that may be doing just in time hiring. And so the recruiting process for that is different. And so helping the students to understand that as they step into it, some students know they need a foundational skill set built out before they're able to make a long-term pivot. And so just helping them get the resources that they need to make those moves. Absolutely. I think that's, I think that's really a good way to think about it and a good thought process. So it sounds like you had, a, you're, sounds like you're pretty pleased and pretty excited about the class of 2023 and every, all the work you put in last year, you and the team's efforts to really get a good, great class coming in the door. But as you mentioned, no rest for the weary. So we're off to the races for the class of 2024. Uh, so we'd love to know just, we're recording this sometime in the, you know, the middle of September. What does this next application cycle look like? What are you excited about? What's ahead for NYU CERN and full-time MBA admissions? Yeah, thank you for asking because we made some changes this year to our application process. We moved up our first application deadline so folks could submit their applications earlier, which means they get their decisions earlier so they have more time to make that final decision on where they want to go the next year. Another key change that we made was to incorporate our stern brand call to action. In 2019, I promise we had no special crystal ball, but we went and relaunched our brand and it has now changed their dream it, drive it. And so we invite candidates to share what their verb related to change is. For example, mine is change, do it. Oftentimes I feel like there's a lot of talk and you can convince yourself to do something or not to do something, excuse me. And so mine is just do it, try it. We can pivot if we need to, but do something. And so that's one of our new essay questions for our candidates this year. Another great thing that we're excited about is the, the flexibility that we're giving candidates and how they show us their academic readiness for the MBA program at Stern. This past year, we had given candidates an opportunity to request a standardized test waiver as it related to being able to access one of the tests during COVID because many of the testing centers were closed and some of the requirements for the online test, some candidates could not meet in their environment. And so we had that waiver. We saw that a number of the students that came through are doing well. And so we wanted to extend that option for this cycle. And so we have that option available. We also continue to have the GMAT, the GRE, the executive assessment, and the MCAT, the LSAT, and the DAT, all as ways that folks can indicate their readiness to perform at, at, in the academics at Stern. So the more flexibility we're able to give our candidates, we feel like the, the better likelihood they have of applying. Absolutely. And I think it uh, is great that you do have so many options for people to demonstrate that aptitude and ability. And it's also great that there are so many different ways to also, I guess, maybe get to know Stern and explore getting to figure out what that verb is going to be for them in terms of how to answer that essay question, which I, I think is a great, I think is a great question. 
But Lisa, thank you so much for joining today. I've really enjoyed talking to you about your background, some of the highlights from the class of 2023 for the full-time MBA program and, and what's ahead. If our listeners want to learn more about NYU Stern or about the application process, where should they go? Where, they, where can they find more information? Definitely check out our website. We have the admission section of our website and they can always reach out to me. My email is lrios at stern.nyu.edu. Hi, everyone. LD here, and thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.